Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. My name is Rocky and Xander's name is Xander. It sure is. Sure is. And uh, this week we are talking about the uh, the, the latest hit film out, out of Hollywood, <laughs> the, the Cape Crusader. Hell yeah, the bat baby, he's back. It's the bat. It's the bat. <laughs> the Batman, yeah. The is this, this is... entire podcast going to be us just doing bad penguin impersonations? <laughs> <laughs> so is the bat baby? <laughs> <laughs> no hablo espanol, fella. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. No hablo espanol. I love it. Um, I love what okay we'll get into this later but because i do want to talk about the riddler because i think the way they did him was fascinating because i grew up on the more comical jokey riddler and joker um so when i saw his costume for the film i was very disappointed and then i saw the reason why they had to do it and i was just like okay Mm -hmm. i see what he's going for also paul dano as the riddler so great was it so great he doesn't miss he doesn't he doesn't he really doesn't however if that is the joker in the cell at the end please it is 2022 my brother in christ there are so so (laughs) so many batman villains we are both jewish i should not be saying my brother yeah (laughs) um uh there are so many batman villains that can be used why do you keep on going back to the Joker? Please recycle. Here's Please the thing. go through with somebody else. Please bring back Two Face. We'll get into why the Joker is in the movie because I found out some interesting stuff about that in my uh, oh. research. Oh, um, okay. Here's the thing. I think Reeves and Pattinson, if they had their druthers, would not do a Joker movie right away or, or anytime soon. And they've talked about who they want to have in the next movie. We'll talk about that. But depending on the studio intervention it's possible that joker shows up again they they barry kyogen is is the the actor they've cast and i think he's an incredible mm-hmm. choice uh who could really do something different with that with that character so like you know of course of, of course you know i don't need to see the joker again but like yeah. if that's what it is then fine. i think we're all like i don't know at least this, the 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 comic book fans that go actively see the movies i think we're all a little tired of seeing incarnation of incarnation of the joker because like again you're 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 trying to pound the peg into the round peg into the square hole and like it doesn't always work and like there's just so many missed opportunities with other batman villains like the joker is not the only one with like a good character arc and i i see why like he is compelling he is a great character to see on screen when he's done well but that doesn't mean that like say two-face or uh like even poison ivy or like uh mr freeze can't be done well as well like i would love to see a mr freeze movie like we haven't seen that since like 
since Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and I think I, I I don't know. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I think Schwarzenegger was a pretty good Mister Freeze. Yeah, like I didn't hate him in that role. I I've seen better. I I I can see better, but I did not hate him. Yeah, yeah. I I I think if they have Joker in the next movie, I would want it to be like this one where there are multiple villains and and Joker is just a piece of the puzzle. It's like, it's funny how uh, someone pointed this out that with Joker being in it, this movie has the exact same villains as the Adam West Batman movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's got Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone knows that the Adam West Batman, so good. (laughs) Yeah. I probably... We'll see how Pattinson holds up. I think at this moment, I would say Adam West is my favorite Batman. <laughs> Adam West, honestly, like, again, and this is also something that I feel like Marvel has yet to do. Because, again, when you go down to it, superheroes are really fucking stupid. Like, again, what this movie did really well was establish how ridiculous Batman is when he's, like, walking around in a room full of cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the weird, like, the CSI people, like, looking over their shoulder, just like... Yeah. Am I, am I, am I, what? His big Hello? boots stomping around. <laughs> big, like, fucking demonia platform. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 eyeliner streaking down his face just like hulking over there mm-hmm. um because again early batman you're not supposed to know if he's like human or not he is human and then he's just in a room full of cops funny shit ever the like, comedic potential of that completely not wasted by this film um yeah. That's the thing. I've seen a lot of people talk about how like grim this movie is. I also think it has I think this a, movie a very funny. strong sense of humor. Yeah. Like this it's not very funny. It does not hit in the same way that a lot of other superhero movies hit, but I think that's because they're going for something very different and you know, I don't want like a completely like slapstick humor superhero movie. That's fine, but I am not watching this film for its slapstick humor. Yeah, and I would just say, like, uh, there are fewer jokes, but I think that its sense of humor, its comic sensibility is a lot stronger than many other superhero movies. Timing and also very situational humor, which I I, I love situational humor, humor mm-hmm. so much. I think there is so much potential in just, like, again, a CSI person looking over their shoulder and Batman is just, like, looming <laughs> over them. Um <laughs> sir what is personal space get out of my face um i i have also seen that people saying oh it's not funny enough it should be funny like whatever no yeah one they're not going for that two it really doesn't have to be exactly as as we get started here i have as always prepared a good deal of history for mm-hmm. us to sort of uh, talk about before we get into the film here. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I can talk about Batman for hours. Sure. Our story begins in 2013. <laughs> Man of Steel releases in June. And by August, it's announced that Superman will face off against Batman in the sequel shortly thereafter that Ben Affleck has signed on for multiple 
films as Batman. In October of 2014, a slate of 10 DCEU movies is announced with with release dates, including Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League Part 1, The Flash, Aquaman, Shazam, Justice League Part 2, Cyborg, and Green Lantern. Another Green Lantern. Okay, interesting. This was the original, this was the DCEU, like, announcement. This was their lineup. Okay, interesting. And then, like, obviously things didn't go to plan. Um, Snyder cut uh, The Suicide Squad, which, much better film, um, my opinion, personally. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, just running... to see another Green Lantern film. <laughs> Yeah, just running through like what it was going to be, there were obviously the Justice League problems and also the fact that The Flash just kept getting delayed and has only recently been delayed again for like another year. <laughs> also, I saw a trailer when like when we sat when my friend and I sat down to go see the film, we sat down and we saw a trailer with um I don't know, The Flash uh we saw a clip of Batman. We saw Dr. Fate and I was just like, hello? Yeah, this was the, this is the uh, DC, like, here's our year trailer that they put out early on in the year. That was the Batman, Flash, uh, Black Adam, and Aquaman 2. And now, like, days ago, they switched around their schedule. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up what the changes also, were. Was that Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate? If so, interesting choice. Yeah, it was. I, I'm excited for that. That Black Adam movie has been a passion project of Dwayne Johnson's for like the past decade. So yeah, I feel like yeah. it'll be cool to see that come together. Wasn't Aldous Hodge also cast as like Hawkman? At some uh, point? Yeah, I think so. That project may have been scrapped. I don't know. They moved Flash and Aquaman into 2023. Shucks. They're, they're keeping Black Adam still coming out this year. They moved it to October. And then also Shazam 2 is coming out this year. They switched it around. I love Shazam, by the way. I, I thought it was a great movie. I'm embarrassed to say this. I have yet to see the first one. I really need to see it. I, I also did not get around to the Suicide Squad until very recently. And I am mad that I slept on it for so long. But I was so like wary of it because of the original Suicide Squad that came out I was just like I know it's a completely different movie and it got really great reviews I just didn't get around to it and I finally sat down and watched it when I was on a plane I was just like you know what why was I so scared yeah I think John Cena's performance in that movie is really really good so good and I, I I don't know about you I love the new Peacemaker show oh it is so 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 good I watched a few episodes and uh, it's fun. <laughs> I, they're doing a they're doing a uh, penguin show. <laughs> they're doing one for this too. Yeah. Oh my god, my funky. Okay, can we talk about the way he waddled? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, uh, I thought I would never see as good as a penguin as Danny DeVito, and you know what? I think this actor. I don't know his name. I apologize. Really sold it. It's Colin Farrell. <laughs> You're shitting me. 
It's Colin Are you Farrell. yanking my chain? <laughs> Are you yanking my chain right now? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what shit? What? Yep. Uh, that's hello. He looked nothing like him. Oh my god. So, I, I'm so glad that we were able to have that moment. <laughs> yeah, that, it's Colin oh Farrell. God. I guys, I think like I I can't wait for your listeners to like hear my brain break. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like kind of skeptical when they when they announced it was Colin Farrell, and then even when they showed him off and he was doing all this heavy prosthetic shit, I was like, can't they like get a guy who looks like that? <laughs> you know, but like he crushed it again. My my only complaint is is that. My only complaint is, and it's very much not like a complaint that matters, is that I, the penguin is short. He's a little mm-hmm. too tall. That is my only complaint, though. Just, I, and I know you can't like physically squish him down, but like <laughs> I see him and I'm just like, I want to like cut you off at the ankles <laughs> so at least you're a little. But that was a very, very good performance. Very good performance. I am impressed, man. Ah. um so returning to the history first of all i was just gonna say that yeah shazam uh really resonated with me in a way that i don't think it did most other people but it is a a favorite of mine in the in the superhero uh space it's a very fun movie so uh two other movies were released uh well well three other movies were announced at this thing that didn't have release dates yet first of all a second henry cavill superman movie see how that went (laughs) uh Okay. The Lego Batman movie and a solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck. Wait, another Ben Affleck? Okay. This was what was announced back okay. in back in 2014. No, I, again, I okay. I have several opinions. They may not be correct, but they are mine. Um, I don't hate Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he does a really I don't I, I think he has a really good job of doing an older Batman who is tired and just kind of fucking done with the entire thing. Yeah, even though he never really got his moment to shine, I think he is another example yeah. of sort of the the philosophy that comes into this of just like do something different with Batman. He yeah, and like again, he holds himself in a very good way. And again, a lot of people don't like Ben Affleck, but I I think he I think part of that works for him when playing Batman. Yeah, I, I think that the way that Affleck is utilized today, and I think it's so great, is that like he he plays off unlikable elements of of his persona really well like i think of gone girl i think of uh last duel and i think it, it applies to his version of batman too you know it yeah and like again i really joke that he is the tired gay soccer dad that i want batman to be um but like he again we really saw that in like batman versus superman that is a batman who is highly damaged after an event that we do not see which is the death of the second robin um when are they gonna bring in a robin please i want a robin so fucking bad please it's been too long it's been too long it's been way too long and they never do it right they never do it right unless you're like a batman it's Mm -hmm. not that hard actually it is i have feelings about that but um yeah i don't hate ben affleck as batman a very different batman but still a batman that i enjoy so yeah this uh this solo batman movie is the thread we follow at comic-con in 2015 it's announced that ben affleck is going to direct that batman movie as well 
and Thank write you. it along with uh, Jeff Johns. It's going to be uh, co-writing, directing, and starring. Okay. Production was expected to begin after Ben Affleck wrapped uh, Live by Night, which was the movie I was working on at the time. In March of 2016, as Batman vs. Superman is released, Affleck and Johns finish their first draft of the script for their Batman movie. It takes place after Batman vs. Superman and was primarily set in Arkham Asylum, telling an original story based partially on the Arkham Asylum comic and the Arkham Asylum video game, as well as Nightfall. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know how to feel about that because, again, the Batman comics and the back, the Arkham Asylum games are, like, so tonally different sometimes that I'm just, like, very, that's a very jarring feel, but I think I might like that. Mm-hmm. I think I could like that, but um, interesting take. It was going to involve uh, Deathstroke organizing a breakout at Arkham. And it would also involve Batgirl and involve the death of Robin in some way, even though it takes place after Batman or Superman. Well, the Arkham Asylum games do have Jason Todd in them. Mm-hmm. I really also want to see Deathstroke. I forgot that Deathstroke, again, Deathstroke is very widespread as a villain. You sometimes see him in Superman comics. You sometimes see him in Batman comics, Green Arrow. Um, I really like Deathstroke. Please, let's mm-hmm. have more Deathstroke. Sure. Thank you. Wait, uh, what movie was he in? He was in the uh, post-credit scene of Justice League. He was. That was a very, very good scene. I think that was a very, very strong scene, and I wish it was like, I, I wish we got more of that. It made me uh, interested, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was also very interesting to see that character up against uh jesse eisenberg's yeah. lex luther because that lex luther felt so tonally different from the lex luther we saw in batman versus superman i don't know maybe i think it was because that super that lex luther had hair still it felt different somehow and then i got hit with it i'm just like do i like this mm-hmm so uh, in April of 2016, Affleck is confirmed to be directing this Batman movie. Jeremy Irons announced he would reprise his role as Alfred, and Joe Manganiello was cast as Deathstroke. Okay. Jared Leto also expressed interest in reprising his Joker role. As far as we know, he was not reached out to. <laughs> uh, breathes a deep sigh of relief. Oh, okay. It's so funny how everyone hates it. <laughs> get out of here (laughs) sorry you're not good i'm sorry hey i my favorite thing to come out of the new robert pattinson movies obviously if we're gonna have another joker obviously the joker should be played by robert pattinson as well (laughs) i think it would be very funny if two robert pattinsons were in a room (laughs) one is batman and one is the joker (laughs) It would be really good. There are two wolves inside you. (laughs) One is Batman, one is the Joker. In October, they announced the title for this new Batman movie. It's called The Batman, planned to be released sometime in late 2017 to 2018. Um, And actually, the Justice League Part 2, they preemptively delayed that so they could fit the Batman into the schedule. Okay, I'm guessing that didn't happen. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know. 
it, I saw a tweet that was very funny. It was just like, I like how these movies, like the Batman are like what your aunt would call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in January of 2017, Chris Terrio turned in a rewrite for the script. And in the same month, Ben Affleck stepped down as director. He later explained that he wasn't in love with the story and wouldn't have enjoyed directing it. Reports also say that Warner Brothers uh, sort of reevaluation after Batman vs Superman uh, sort of sidelined Affleck. They weren't, you know, they were kind of trying to push him away after that. The uh, theatrical version of Justice League changed. So the the post credits scene that was shot for Justice League that you can see in the in the Snyder Cut is um, it like pretty explicitly sets up the the batman movie because it has uh lex reveal to deathstroke that bruce wayne is batman mm-hmm. they changed they like cut around that in the in the theatrical cut <laughs> they mm-hmm. uh they sort of set up like the, the 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 injustice league they sort of set up villains getting together but they like cut the part that actually sets up uh, the batman mm-hmm. yeah i that entire thing was a messy chop up Absolutely. It, yeah, that was a that was a whole uh, whole other whole lot of yikes. <laughs> whole lot of yikes. Uh, Absolutely. Um, which is again is why I think it's uh good to take a step back and like take a fresh take on this with the new Batman. Um, again, I feel kind of bad for like all of these projects being sidelined. Um, mm-hmm. but I think there was just a lot of bad air there i think there was a lot of like leftover like none of the move none of those movies really emotionally sat right with me after i watched them and i could feel the frustration in making them i i appreciate batman versus superman i think in that whole you know arc of 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 those couple movies you can really there's a real sense of like war between like between like the vision of the directors and the vision of the studio and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's uh pretty wild i can appreciate it and i honestly can say in batman versus superman even though i really did not like it as a movie i think the actors did give it their all mm-hmm. i think they like all did pretty like solid jobs and like in the parts of the performances that were enjoyable I saw that and I was just like this has a lot of potential and it just kind of fell flat yeah I I, you know I mean there's there's a lot to be said for it I I like it as like the as like a Snydery expression which it is for like the most part and then there's like the studio interference that sort of messes with that in a few key moments and then I guess I, I guess the idea is that Justice League is like this this is all Snyder this is this is Snyder to the max and it was like this is a little too much Batman vs Superman I think uh has a good balance of it and uh yeah I agree that the cast is is good um I like Eisenberg as Lex Luthor a lot I like that performance a lot a very a good like off-the-wall villain performance I go back and forth in between liking Henry. I, I go back and forth in between really liking Henry Cavill as Superman and really not liking him. I think, again, I think with Superman, I think what would really help them is they do something different, like they did with Batman. We've seen so many Batmans do the same thing, and that's where it falls flat. And Superman, 
where you lose Superman for me, where Superman does not become interesting is when you do the same thing with him. And ultimately that's what has been done for like his entire like on-screen legacy. Yeah. Last we heard, they're still kind of working on the like the the Black Superman movie and uh we'll see about that. Could be good. It could be good. I do I want to say this on your podcast? I think a Superman that is successful is a Superman that knows he is a sex symbol. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening to uh, Blank Check, a great podcast, and they were talking about uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. And one of them mentioned that uh, Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes in Enola Holmes. And he was like, you'll never guess what his take on it is. And the other was like, is he hot and boring? <laughs> Okay, but, like, part of me finds that really funny because, like, with Sherlock Holmes, you also see, like, too many iterations of him being just the asshole guy. Make him, like, this milquetoast male wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, Sherlock Holmes isn't married, but, like, just make him kind of a guy, and that's kind of what Batman did. Like, Bruce Wayne objectively thinks he is, like, the, the saddest most pathetic little man i i love it i love that they made batman pathetic in this movie i love it so so much yeah. um just the wettest pathetic looking man those scene where he's just standing in the rain in front of the club i'm just like oh my <laughs> god yeah drowned puppy uh some of the directors they I... considered to replace ben affleck on the batman movie include Ridley Scott, who, <laughs> just to briefly go back to the House of Gucci episode from a couple months back, we talked about the, this insane progression of Ridley Scott projects leading into, yeah. into House of Gucci. And Batman is just another one on the pile. Where like, is he going to do this? Kudos, I guess. Uh, Matt Ross, Gavin O'Connor, George Miller, who is going to do the uh, the justice league movie in the in the 2000s also there was uh, some plans for that and then uh, fede alvarez denis villeneuve and matt reeves i really liked matt reeves yeah reeves uh, had a meeting with warner brothers in february of 2017 and he quickly moved his way up the shortlist he uh, you know they, they they hired him i think that same month uh, february 23rd yeah he was brought on board as a director nice nice um and then the rest is history i'm guessing or Oh, there's more. Uh, but uh, Toby Emmerich, the chair of Warner Brothers, was looking for an auteur to take on the next Batman franchise. I think that's one thing about why the Batman movies tend to work is because the formula is to let some visionary director just like run away with it and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Reeves read the Affleck script, uh, but he said that he wanted to go in a different direction and he would only come on board with full creative control. And actually Warner Brothers was looking for someone who wanted full creative control, so it worked out like that. Oh, he also did uh, Cloverfield, which was a great movie. I don't That's know right, why I yeah. that. Came from the same uh, the, the same origins as J.J. Abrams. They were sort of uh, working in tandem anyway. and then he went and did the Apes movies, which are phenomenal. Uh, okay that yeah i i okay i'm not as familiar as the planet of the apes movie as i want to be Mm -hmm. but i do know those were two very strong movies 
they were i mean there's three of them uh and the the latter two are like incredible the first one is really good but the the the, the other two are like really you know defining stuff and then also on his imdb page it says uh he did let me in if that's if i'm remembering yeah. correctly that's the american remake of let the right one in which that's right. i remember wasn't as strong as let the right one in but was also still pretty good yeah great guy Gr- really yeah. phenomenal uh so at this point affleck is still going to star it was only in the process of reeves writing the script that he started to get interested in having a younger batman i yeah bring in a younger bruce wayne that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing also well it's very interesting because very clearly pattinson shines as batman and the the stark contrast between him knowing what he's doing in the costume versus out of the costume is so mm. so good to see because he is so hyper competent and then he loses himself when he takes the mask off and then throughout the movie he's just like wait a minute i'm not doing something that's helping yeah there there's i mean so I much great stuff has been hurting <laughs> So much great stuff has been said about it, about how this is a, a point in in Bruce Wayne's life where he has no idea who Bruce Wayne is and has no interest in bre- being Bruce Wayne. He just wants to yeah. be Batman all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, again, it, it's such a fresh take and I really love to see it. And I really wish that, like, I really hope that, like, he still keeps up some of that, like, shy shyness to Bruce because I, like objectively i think bruce as like much as he can handle the public and the later like versions of the comic i still don't think he likes doing it i think he actively like just kind of wants to be a guy um in 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 only the way he can be outside of the costume like he doesn't want people looking at him again that idea of it also brought in very interesting ideas of like being a quote-unquote celebrity and being a billionaire and like what it means to be in the public eye um and yeah there there's so much you can do with like the lore of the Waynes that I think is very cool and I kind of talked about this when I talked to you about Joker like the Waynes are honestly painted as like a perfect like family pre pre pre-killing Um, And I think it's very interesting when they're just when like a director or a comic book is just like, no, they were human. They were fallible. Things happened and they fucked up. And so I think that's very interesting to incorporate that and see how that affects Bruce post the death of his parents. Yeah, I think it's a great angle. I think it does all the all the right things for like, you know, reevaluating Batman and and making them something new. And I would like to see as as it goes on, I would like to see, you know, Bruce Wayne sort of come out, even though I, you know, I love this version of the character. I feel like that would be such a fun development to see how either he becomes corrupted in a way, or he just like, you know, uh, starts to learn how to be Bruce Wayne as we go through these movies, because he definitely doesn't know at the start. Yeah, and I think it's not, I think, it, I don't think it's something as simple or as black and white as corruption or salvation in learning how to be Bruce Wayne and Batman. Again, his progress is very not linear. He, 
is making it on his own for a while. He gets a kid. They're making it for a while. They have some rough, rough patches. They eventually make a really good team, and then they have that falling out, um, and so on and so forth. So I think where it gets stuck is that like there is one defining moment that makes a hero be like, this is what I want to do. Whereas being like, and part of what I liked about the MCU is that like the longer it went on, it showed like them grappling with the consequences of their actions and their like ideologies that kind of became broken down and valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a very interesting it's a very interesting movie, and I think what shot really solidifies it is when you see Bruce, uh, like, helping with the rescue in yeah. the Batman costume. Like, he's there. He's allowing himself to be seen in that way with a bunch of, like, cameras around. Yeah. So, uh, Affleck did consult uh, on the, the script that Reeves was writing, but, uh, like I said... Is becoming interested in a younger Batman in July of 2017. By July of 2017, Warner Brothers is planning to have Affleck like exit the franchise. Um, he he t- he's talked extensively about how the whole debacle of making Justice League amidst his divorce and his uh, struggles with alcoholism just like he was really in a in a bad place. At, at this yeah. point in time. And um, he says that he showed the Batman script to a friend and the friend said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through with what you just went through on Justice League again. Yeah. And honestly, like, again, artists should not have to kill themselves over their art. Yeah. Like actively, that should not be how it works. Um, and thankful that that didn't happen. Yeah, I we've talked about our appreciation for for Affleck's performance. I am I'm, I'm so glad that he sort of got out of that well, and I have really really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that he's been doing recently. Uh, he's got his new his new movie with Anna Darmas coming out on Friday that is supposedly really good. I'm looking forward that, to that. Is that one of the films you wanted to see? Uh, no, that one is uh, on Hulu, so I, I can, oh, okay. you know, sort of see it anytime. But it's a, an erotic thriller that Disney has like not known what to do with for the past three years, and now they're finally just like, fine, take it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think eventually, if like you know, there's enough like breathing room and space, I think I would love to see him come back to the project um, mm-hmm. of Batman. Because I think he does an older Batman very well. I just don't think that's... Again, I'm not Ben Affleck. I can't speak for him. Um, but I think it was a good time to step away. Yeah, I, I'll i say this. Um, he is. He does have some kind of appearance in the Flash movie, if that ever comes out. He is going to be in it. Okay, okay. I, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And he says that he like figured something out with the character while he was while he was making it. He says like I finally got it. <laughs> nice. It's all coming together, baby. So, uh, in writing the film, Reeves made an effort to depart from previous interpretations of the character. That was why he chose to set the film in year two of of the of the Batman story. He modeled the character after Kurt Cobain and Michael Corleone from The Godfather. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, I think the the Kurt Cobain-ness definitely comes out, and it's a very a very solid choice. 
yeah definitely the fact that he was hiding behind all that hair one me too two again a very pathetic look (laughs) i don't say that he that this batman was pathetic in a bad way i say it in a very loving way but at the same time wow he looks like he's about to start crying it's true (laughs) he's sort of not as much as i was expecting going in but i do think there are shades of the uh kendall roy character uh from succession in uh in that version of the of the character uh just another thing that could be explored going forward you know that uh kind of like rich kid kind of you know fundamentally not self-aware and kind of bad but also like has so much pathos and is so like wrecked with guilt over every aspect of his life (laughs) yeah and like selena was just really there to like drill those holes in him and i'm just like yes also like fantastic job for zoe kravitz for nailing catwoman's just like brusqueness with batman because whenever like anybody else talks to batman he's fucking batman you're either one terrified of him or two if you're working with him like you're jim gordon you're still kind of terrified of him zoe kravis just walked up to him and it was just like god you're such a fucking prick um yeah that's what made it work and i really really like i really loved their dynamic yeah, that I mean, we can talk about that more because that is sort of in context with my next note, which is that their relationship was modeled after Donald Sutherland and Jane Fonda in Clute. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a really great Zoe Kravitz performance. I think she's, mm-hmm. you know, she, she embodies uh, so many things really well. I agree about uh, what you're saying about how I feel like Gordon is afraid of Batman in the same way that like a, a father might be afraid of a teenage son. Yeah, yeah, and you're, because, like, Gordon is so much older than Bruce, but again, when you're behind the mask, a mask hides a lot, like, Mm -hmm. you see the lower half of his face, you see that he's, like, kind of young, obviously he has very weird preconceptions about the world if he's dressing up as a bat and fighting crime for a living, but, like, yeah you don't really know what to do with that and like jim's guy hand can only do so much he has to stay batman like a lot of the times jim is like really pulling harsh ones on batman the entire time and like almost being like a disciplinarian figure and i it was a very interesting thing to see um because it was very different from gary oldman's jim gordon which like has a kind of implicit trust in Batman. Mm-hmm. And I and I get that, like, again, that's built up over time. And again, it shows a very different, like, it shows a very early start to their relationship, which I really appreciated. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. Uh, with Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, I think it's another, j- just another thing about their relationship is that it makes this really, like, the most erotic superhero movie yeah maybe ever maybe ever (laughs) they kissed like once or twice and that is the most sex i have ever seen in a superhero movie in the past like 10 years of my life i have never okay it's that and it's also michelle pfeiffer and uh uh michael keaton like you need that inherent eroticism in batman and catwoman and they nailed that so 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 well 
Yeah, I mean, they they are so as as I I don't know. I just think like as an on screen couple, they're so like old school hot. They just have like a, a, a chemistry about them that's that's so hard to find nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's like I mean. Eternals had an actual sex scene, and it was and it was like not not a, not a one percent as as sexy as this movie. Is. I didn't I I didn't see Eternals, so that is news to me. Did they? Hello, cock and balls. It, it's uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's cock very and weird. balls in my superhero film. Outrageous. It's pretty. The, yeah, there's like a there's a, a Chloe Jonas about it where it's like it's not really about the the sex, it's about like the the beauty of nature or whatever. But like this movie's about sex, <laughs> you know. Fuck you. It's about like, fucking. You, okay, okay. If you put that in a Batman film, oh yes, it's about the beauty of nature, or whatever. I think I would walk up and like slap you. No, 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 no. Fuck Especially because. Another thing this movie does really well is just like its vision, like, like uh, you know, a lot of people have done Gotham really well, but I think like there's a, there's a good Gotham in this movie too. I also, I love, okay, very small detail and you know me, I am an art student to the core. Um, I love how they did not do the like modern like billionaire mansion and they made him live in like fucking Dracula's castle. <laughs> Also, the Batcave, bat what a cool setting. What a cool setting. That was such a cool Batcave. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And, and like, you look at the previous uh, incarnations of Gotham, and there's obviously the very heightened Tim Burton version that, get, that you know, becomes the Schumacher version. And there's the, like, the very realistic, uh, modern um, uh, Nolan version. And then there's the... Uh, the more comic booky Snyder version that we see, uh, not much, but <laughs> but we see some of in the Snyder movies. Um, but, but I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a unique balance with this one. I think part of it is, and this is something that Reeves said that he was really inspired by a lot of new Hollywood movies. A lot of uh, I think Chinatown he cited as an inspiration for the for the look of the the city. All the presidents men. It just has this very like. Um, paranoid i guess sort of of feel to it very cramped yeah cramped in the way that gotham should feel cramped in the way that gotham is a city overrun by a lot of problems and it felt big enough to in in like again batman opens the film by saying i can't be everywhere at once and he can't but again it's so claustrophobic that it's almost suffocating it worked very well yeah and it feels like part of the appeal to being batman for bruce is that it's a way for him to be alone in in a world that's always like closing in on him like 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 Mm -hmm. he can isolate himself by being yeah and again because it's funny because when you think about it batman yes it is obviously the comics don't do this because obviously again the whole bat i'm batman i work alone thing is stupid being batman on his own is also not like a solo job it's really not like it's a very like even if he's not involved with the justice league or something you have to work with people yeah, but it's it's an it's an emotional isolation, you know. And I think it, he does yeah. come to learn that he has to work with people. But there is an element of like you were talking earlier about how like everyone's afraid of him when he wants to do a room, and I think he almost derives a pleasure from that. 
Oh, absolutely. It's it's the it's the control over the perception of himself because when people are looking at him and they see Bruce Wayne, they see a kid whose parents died. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like ultimately as much as that changed him, he doesn't want to be stuck as that. And to the world that will always kind of be who he is. That's who he is to everyone when you get to like who Bruce Wayne is and it's it, yeah it's a way for him to yeah. like, take control of the narrative again in terms of a trans allegory I think there's something very resonant about just like yes. running into people who knew you when you were a kid you know <laughs> right it was very much a dead name scenario it was a very much like oh hey you're a dead name right and Bruce Wayne's looking over just like I've transitioned but that is still who people see me as there's also a very good interview with Paul Dano talking about how both the Riddler and Batman are acting out very similar traumas in a way Mm. how they're both acting out traumas but in very like distinctly separate ways um and I I think that was fascinating yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, there's there's that whole monologue he does again. We'll get more into the Riddler in a bit, but um, the you know where he talks about how I, I mean that thing you were saying about the sense of of control and perception and all that. I feel like there's you know even though it's not like a Marvel movie where they're just like palette swapped the same <laughs> the, the, the the same sort of character, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it's there's a sense of a connection between them that's more uh, spiritual. Yeah, and I really, I really loved how the Riddler didn't feel talked over. Mm-hmm. When Batman has been done in the past, usually there is the need to, and I think especially because this is, we've had so many iterations of the Joker, and like, we all know the Joker, we all know he likes to run his mouth. With the Joker, you have to do something very consistent, which is shut his noise down or else like he's going to keep on talking and like either one people that he's trying to manipulate he's going to make more and more sense or you're trying to actively shut him down i'm not going to say the riddler is sane because he's not he's very much a damaged individual i think though that there was a purpose to like hearing his reasoning and hearing his thoughts and like saying i see where this guy comes from yeah we will uh, get back into into that for sure. But I feel like he he really exemplifies and it's sort of something he's sort of the same. I mean, I guess this is an idea that you can also find in the Nolan movies, but he's sort of there. there there's overlap between like his t- type of a Batman villain and the Joaquin Phoenix uh, take on the Joker where it, it's just um I don't know. There's some, there's there's something really like there, there's an emotional honesty at uh, at the core of it, and there's you know it's just like it, it it's almost a fantasy of like radical how radical discourse could actually exist in American politics mm-hmm. <laughs> with both of them, you know. And it's you know obviously there there there's there's this element of them being uh, them being violent and them being terrorists or whatever, but they're you know they speak on the political issues in our of of our day things that are very relevant about like class and and, you know corruption in ways that are scary to an american audience because they are like actually radical but like hard to ignore 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I very much agree. I think, yeah, I, again, this movie is really interesting because I can't decide if I really like the plot or really hate the plot. Like, the plot's fine. It's not the point of it, though. I think the point of it was really the performances that made it. The perform like the if if you do not if you did not have like a cast that like brought their all into it like I think this cast did I think it would not have worked as well. Yeah, it's interesting to compare it to something like The Dark Knight, where I feel like there's the exceptional Ledger performance that is like you know I don't think there's anything on that level in this movie, but it's like in Dark Knight it's Ledger and everyone else is like doing the work. Yeah. In, in this movie, I think everyone is exceptional. Yeah, and I think it's very hard to put, I love Heath Ledger, I think his Joker was amazing, I, I, I think it's very hard when you put one actor on a pedestal, because movies are inherently a group effort, unless it's a movie, like, centering around one or two people, which there are very few of, and I, I honestly appreciate a movie more that, like, everyone, everyone is putting their heart and soul into this, and I really appreciate that. And the, again, it, it's such a breath of fresh air from, again, the Justice League films where, again, everybody felt like they were on a different foot. Yeah, I think the the one performance in this movie that I would say I was not uh, in love with was Andy Serkis. I don't think we got enough of him. Yeah, I, I just think that you look at the previous incarnations of Alfred and I feel like there has been something to all of them even Jeremy Irons I feel like he you know brought something yeah. unique to that role and I, I just didn't pick much up from from Andy Serkis so far to be fair yes and I when I saw it was Andy Serkis I was very surprised one because usually hi Andy you're hiding behind a green screen I love to see your real face once in a while um mm-hmm. I think Andy Serkis is a great actor and I don't think people see him and his face enough because I think he has a very good physicality um okay. What I would like to see with this Alfred is Alfred being a little more active. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, again, the great comics when people are just like, oh, yeah, you remember Batman's no guns rule? Alfred doesn't follow that. Alfred actively has several guns in the house. Um, He was was a sniper in World War II. Um, Give Andy Serkis a gun, please. That is what I yeah. want. Yeah, and they, you know, the other Alfreds have been older than, mm-hmm. I mean, somewhat older than Andy Serkis at the very least. Um, okay. You you could see, you could have seen that being done with, with Jeremy Irons. I feel like the way that that character worked out is really just like, he's he's Alfred, but he's hot, <laughs> which is great. I, <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, there's so much room to explore, I think, this version of Alfred. And I definitely feel like, in in a next chapter i would like to see the character explored more yeah and i do like the fact that they didn't set up a lot with alfred for like future iterations i just hope they do more with him because Mm -hmm. if he stays kind of the same i'm just like uh, okay although it was very funny that like bruce did not question alfred's spanish twice Like that is very very funny that he just was just like ah yes. They they got all the way to like kidnapping a guy and then they're like shit we're wrong. <laughs> and, and, and they had to be like and then penguin had to be like hey shit lips this is wrong. 
Yeah. I know Spanish. I know. No Spanish. hablo espanol, fella. <laughs> no hablo espanol. Uh, okay. Bruce Wayne, like hunkering down in a cafe, just like shyly reading a Spanish dictionary. Mm-hmm. A great like detective movie montage of just him <laughs> going through the dictionary, <laughs> learning Spanish. Yeah. A little fun note returning to that idea of New Hollywood and the 70s and paranoia and yada yada is that two characters, the mayor, Don Mitchell, and the DA, Gil Colson, are named after John Mitchell and Charles Colson, who are two figures in uh, Watergate. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. I, I will say that did not click. Um, I do like that though. Now that you have told me that, yeah. In in, in sometime in late 2018, the the film was they they confirmed that they were like we're splitting this movie off from the like DC timeline. They like like well into. I think I think Reeves might have already written a script where it was connected to the timeline, and then it was like you know let's not do that. <laughs> Honestly so much stronger for it affleck checks into rehab in august reeves finishes the script in september both 2018 in january 2019 warner brothers sets a june 2021 release date and confirms that ben affleck is no longer aboard and so the casting process begins do you know who else was contending for the role yes i do we'll get into it okay okay good by May of 2019, Robert Pattinson was favored for the role. The top two were Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt. They were the two finalists. Uh, a number of other actors were considered, including Aaron Taylor Johnson, and also including Army Hammer, who had previously been cast as Batman in the George Miller Justice League movie that didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Interesting, because I, I think it's fascinating Um with Robert Pattinson's career that like he would even like when I heard that he was considering doing Batman I was very much like really that seems so like out of his wheelhouse but then I really realized I don't really know his wheelhouse that all all that well like he he is a very established actor but like again not with something this like not with something like a superhero movie so I was very like this is very out of left field but again he I, I was very excited to see it from the moment it was announced and uh, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I saw a great tweet that was talking about how people are like, you know, people are saying that that Pattinson's not not fit for the role and people are countering that by being like, no, he did all these great indie movies. And it's like, since when is is playing a vampire not better prep for Batman than, play, than doing a bunch of indie movies? <laughs> like he played edward he's a good batman (laughs) he played edward he's a good batman but it took him too long to turn into a bat yeah (laughs) however i will say i do love the plethora of memes that i've uh that i've seen like people like combining twilight and batman like the the scene where bella is like he's walking into the cafeteria and bella's just like who's that and you see him in the batman costume it's just like that's vengeance <laughs> oh my god vengeance from twilight <laughs> vengeance from twilight so <laughs> apparently according to reeves he did write the script with robert pattinson in mind 
and he just and he just thought that like since he hasn't been doing high profile movies like Pattinson's not going to touch this but like (laughs) so I think when they actually got him interested they were like eager to get him I think it's very interesting that he has always wanted to like do Batman yeah that that's the thing is that uh he's a lifelong Batman fan and he was like obsessively pursued the the role came into it with a lot of ideas he talks about how he specifically wanted to explore the unique relationship between Batman and Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. and yeah again thank you Robert Pattinson for like giving us a view inside your skull and seeing like your correct opinions that I also hold about Batman like he's he's kind of a mess of a person at the best times um and completely not functional at the worst. Um, so thank you for giving us that. Yeah. It's also worth noting that Warner was interested in him because he hadn't been in a Marvel movie. And they're, they're always trying to find, you know, people who fit that. Yeah. And again, like, I don't hate the actors who have been in Marvel. I really don't. Um, you get stuck in there for a long time. It's true. There's so many people where it's like, it's you know, cool Game of Thrones. Like you've been there for so long, and like, yeah, God. Yeah, and it and and it's upsetting to see a lot of great actors like Don Cheadle, and I, I don't know, just like some some of our great talents are just Don doing Cheadle's Marvel so movies and have and been for like a decade. Yeah, and he he's so good, and I'm just like, man, when are you gonna get to go do stuff outside of the MCU, please? Yeah. He did uh, No Sudden Move last year, which was my my favorite. I gave it Best Actor when we did the uh, the the Pulpy Awards. It, it was a, a great performance. But I, for a long time, it was just it was just Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. <laughs> and there's so many actors like that because the the pitch of Marvel is like we're going to get all these A list actors, but then they're in these contracts and they can't do anything else. And it's yeah, yeah, and that's again partially part of the reason why I like that DC hasn't like strung up a bunch of movies into like a series like the MCU because it gives there's more breathing room and like actors can like go freely back and forth between roles like there doesn't have to be like reprisals you don't have to come back for say one or the one cameo where you really don't know what uh, you're doing and again a lot of Marvel actors when you talk to them have said I don't remember filming this yeah which is an incredibly creepy thing to think about. Yeah, and I think there's something to, uh, like you're saying, the fact that the the DC movies are like movies and they, and they like, even when they're part of a franchise, they're kind of self-contained. And I think that really yeah. makes it so, even when an actor comes back, like the next movie, like how Wonder Woman and Justice League came out right after each other, it feels like time has passed between them. Yeah, and it, it kind of makes me feel happier to see them. Like, when I see another Marvel film, like, when I see another Marvel trailer that drops, I'm just like, oh, look, it's Tom Holland. Hi, Tom. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, once again. Once again. (laughs) White guy number 578. (laughs) So, yeah, I just think there's something, it's funny how it works out where, like, Warner liked him because he hasn't done a Marvel movie and he hasn't done a Marvel movie because he doesn't do high profile movies, but he really wanted to do a Batman movie and Reeves wrote the movie for him. You know, it all, it all came together. Yeah. And I think that's, 
again, so many pieces, so many chess pieces had to line up for this to go exactly right. And I'm honestly glad that they did. Yeah. His final screen test, he did it in Val Kilmer's Batman suit because it was the only one that fit him. <laughs> Although I would have been very interested to see what it, like the other test runs of like, say, like Nicholas Holt or Ar- Arnie, uh, Arnie Hammer uh, went like. By the, I, I think that like final round, they just did, it was, they were down to Holt and uh, Pattinson by that point. I think Nicholas Holt would have been good. I did. I, it's just, you know, another world. I, yeah. Again, I really, I do enjoy Nicholas Holt, but like when I see him, I'm just like kind of plain. Yeah, he hasn't had, I, I mean, you know, Pattinson has had such an incredible run of roles and 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 Holt has sort of not had a, a moment in the sun yet. Yeah, I feel like Robert Pattinson very early on established very, like, not that he was willing to do anything, but, like, he has such, like, a diverse character in each film he's in that I think it really established how dynamic he is. Yeah. To prepare for the role, Pattinson read comics from every era of Batman and trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He also took advice from Christopher Nolan while he was working on Tenet. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they, everyone in the cast, I think, read up, but like, he, you know, the, again, the fact that he's wanted to do Batman forever and he, and he's like, you know, he, yeah, he clearly it, had a passion for it. Again, it helps. Um, and I really like how he read every era of the comics, not just the early stuff, because the early stuff informs the later stuff and like again yes things are retconned but like it it really established like a solid knowledge um I also really want to see what Zoe Kravitz read as uh for her Catman Catman Catwoman research the next thing in October uh Jeffrey Wright was cast as Gordon and uh, I, I think he was really good. <laughs> I think very, I, he was very good. Again, very, very different Gordon from Gary Oldman. And I really liked Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon. I liked how much less willing this Gordon was to put up with Batman's shit. He was just like, yes, I am letting you into this crime scene. You are playing by my rules. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it's a it's a version of of Gordon that has a lot of uh, layers to him. You know, even though he's he, Gordon is kind of this this naturally like you know at least from an outside perspective a character who is very to the point, very straightforward. Like the he Wright is able to work a lot of little details into him. I think. Yeah, there are very good nuances to his performance, and I think that really shines when he's in the jail cell with Batman right before batman punches him yeah absolutely I think that was a very very good scene because that honestly like scared me that was the point where i saw him stop being afraid of mm-hmm. like as i said like again you're supposed to kind of be afraid of him even if you're working with him and like selena just like has that no fear approach and like you still kind of need some fear because it's batman like i think if 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 you're an officer especially um uh because again if you're corrupt he's going to come after you um that was a very good point where i saw jim gordon change and be like you know what something has to give yeah 
Um, Jeffrey Wright specifically cites uh, The Long Halloween. He, he, you know, he read a bunch of comics, but he specifically cites that one as one that he read it. And he also says that his performance was partially inspired by Eric Adams. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good to know. I, 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 just re- I, just really, I just really liked that he established in that scene that Batman does not always run the show. Yeah. Just, just them shaking down Penguin was just one of the highlights of that film. So good. Such a good scene. <sighs> that same month, October 2019, Jonah Hill was in talks to play either the Riddler or the Penguin. <laughs> they wanted him for something they wanted him for something they weren't sure what the jury is still out on why he ultimately split uh some say that they just couldn't decide on on a role that was perfect for him and some say that he wanted 10 million dollars which is more than double what pattinson was being paid oh damn (laughs) so who's to say you know I think he could have made it work, but again, I think with a Batman film especially, you really have to take a line, are you doing a serious or a goofy? I feel like he may have split it a little too much into the goofy category. Yeah, I I think he is a talented enough actor to have done, to to, to have fit in with this cast and to have, you know... done something in this role. I I, I see him more as, as Penguin than Riddler, and that's not you know it's not just a a physical comment that's you know i think uh he 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 doesn't go wild enough to 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 do the riddler well riddler is a lot more manic than yet penguin penguin is a very subdued villain at the end of the day penguin is just a mobster he's a funny guy but like he's just a mobster he's just like a a flunky really again like uh falcone calls him a flunky like um until he establishes himself but like riddler again riddler like batman is a loner and he stands away from the pack which is what makes him so solid as a uh honestly to me makes him stronger as a rogue than penguin penguin again is somebody you go to to support you to like fund your operation not really to like run a whole scheme against batman yeah yeah uh penguin is handle himself yeah penguin is very much not i mean at least in this movie he's not an outright villain and you could see how he could become one but yeah and again it's such an interesting it's such an interesting dynamic with that whole that whole crime side of the movie that like they all kind of see Bruce as one of them and sort of like yeah. you know th- th- they all sort of want him to be on the same side as them and they they they, they see him that way it just it just they very such much a really want him to be cool his dynamic. father yeah they very much want him to be his father and I very much loved how the whole Riddler plot was very much going against that with bringing in the whole sins of the father thing. Yeah. And, and I guess it's, I guess they sort of were, it's the same thing though, where they see him as his father and he's sort of over the course of the movie wrestling with that idea of like, am I my father? <laughs> yeah, and, again, going back to the whole trans thing, uh, yeah. very much like it very much makes sense that he became Batman to me in this film. Like I see, I see that happening with Christian Bale's Batman. Sure. I see the drive there, but with this Batman, it just, 
everything that happens to him, like from the little nuanced ways to the way people treat him at the funeral to the way like Falcone like embraces him like a son and like they joke around with Bruce like he's an old friend, like very much cements in the fact that he is hiding behind this mask. He is hiding the fact that he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. It's a very personal performance to me. I think, I, I guess to to close the Jonah Hill thing, I think he could have been a solid penguin, but like whatever they were smoking when they decided to have Colin Farrell be the penguin, it's like... <laughs> whatever they, <laughs> they were got smoking, it. they got it. And boy, howdy, I'm so glad they did. Again, I still can't believe that's him. Yeah. And again, Danny DeVito, you are perfect. However, this is the second best. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, we haven't really seen the penguin in anything else, but I don't care. That's well, we've seen him in the Gotham show, but like, God, that was such a good performance. So good. Absolutely. And like the perfect, like the perfect combination of both. I say this a lot for this movie, pathetic, pathetic, intimidating, and funny. Yeah, like, I'll put it like I I think it's good to put it like that. That like there are other funny things in this movie, but he is really like the the center of humor in the movie. Yeah, he is the center of humor, and again, there's a lot to say about Penguin and like Falcone like calling him a gimp. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot to say about ableism and like superhero comics in general. Um, and like again, I could talk for hours about it. Um. Other than Falcone, it never felt like he was the butt of the joke. And I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. They very much went out of their way to... Even when Riddler was obviously being ridiculed for his ridiculous beliefs, it never like seemed like anybody was the butt of the joke. Like It, it was very much treated seriously as, like, these are beliefs he held and these are beliefs that like very much made him not okay. But, like, yeah. Speaking of, uh, almost immediately after Jonah Hill split, they uh, cast Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yeah. Good job. What a good performance. What a good performance. Matt Reeves wrote that character with Paul Dano's performance as Brian Wilson in Love and Mercy, like, in mind. Mm, Okay. I very much like how Matt Reeves went into this knowing who his, like, cast was going to be kind of makes it yeah and Paul Dano also used uh the music of Brian Wilson and Nirvana as as like uh inspirations for for the role I okay as somebody who appreciates a wacky Riddler uh whether it be animated to Jim Carrey slightly disappointed they didn't go that route I think it has the potential to however I think the fact that this was such a serious movie and they went in a different direction with it, again, it made me it made me appreciate the new perspective on the character. Yeah, he's a very he's a dire take on the Riddler and definitely a more grounded in the sense that he's not like a like a vaudeville act. But I I, I do think there's you know some great moments of it is an over the top performance and it's i think an it's over a, oh it's absolutely and it's absolutely manic um 
and I I love that and it was it was a very very good performance um and it yeah it, it grounds the Riddler more in a reality where I'm just like okay I can see how this guy would be very scary and like with his Instagram lives and like treating his 500 followers (laughs) his little community don't forget to like and subscribe um um thanks for supporting my patreon um i'm gonna go buy guns now um it grounded the riddler in a reality where i could see the riddler as actually being terrifying because when you think of a rogue like the riddler you think oh the funny question mark man and this was like a very different take than the funny question mark man that scared me to pieces. And I very yeah. much appreciated that. Something that I think is so great about casting Paul Dano in this role is that he has such an unassuming look about him. He's so normal looking. Yeah. And then he, but then just the his. The way he was just smiling, like with his hands up. He, I'm just like, I'm a full birthday boy. You wouldn't hit me. Yeah, it's almost when, when they arrested you, almost for a second are like, is that not him? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, 100%. I was just like, is this a joke? Is this a cop out? Like, I know he looked normal from the side angle of the, like, of the, of the, of the trailer, and like, Riddler doesn't like suffer from any facial scarring but like I was almost considering that he would like I don't know like have it like a, a scored in like a question mark on his forehead or something yeah like I was expecting and, and... him to look more and I think again with the Riddler because he has such like a colorful colorful costume and like like a question mark hat or whatever like I was expecting something more and I very much liked that they subverted my expectation in that way it's also great that you just you know you see him do these like these like manic diatribes uh (laughs) with the mask on and even when you first you and when you see his full face you almost like don't believe that it's coming out of him at first like it still doesn't really add up and it's only really in like the prison interrogation scene where you 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 really it really comes together yeah and i very much love the fact that like the riddler has like this whole parasocial relationship with batman and like it's like you're not acting like my idealized version of you (laughs) what's going (laughs) on um I very much loved that side of the Riddler and like you see him so like confident in himself and then Batman doesn't act him the way he wants him to and he like his faith gets shaken and it's terrifying um a very very good performance very gripping very compelling very terrifying I am intrigued to see more absolutely however I don't want him to be with the Riddler I would love like Again, I don't think you can sustain a t- entire trilogy of Batman movies on one villain. I think you have to introduce one or two more rogues into the mix. Um, I wouldn't want Dano to get stampeded by anybody like the Joker, though. I really don't think he deserves that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I don't want to see him get scarecrowed either. I don't want to see him like just come back as a joke. Although I do think it would be good, but like I would prefer to see that character grow. That, also. Is, that, that is another thing. I really want to see another try at the scarecrow. I think the scarecrow crow could be a very good pair up with this Riddler. I think he is, I think he and I think 
Edward Nigma and Jonathan Crane's characters work so well together because they are both very like intellectual smart villains for Batman to have yet are so wacky and so but are so terrifying in the same capacity that they would work really well together and that's why I'm kind of scared of the Joker as well like in this because I feel like whenever there has been a Joker on the project he's completely taken the spotlight and that's fine with Heath Ledger it was less fine with Jared Leto because I didn't like that direction that Joker went in um I I just think the Joker is he doesn't play well with others and that's the point of his character and I think with a rogues movie you need to center around rogues who play nicely I think it would be interesting to experiment with a more secondary Joker yeah but I I think that has kind of been tried uh and and doesn't doesn't always work again the reason joker doesn't team up with a lot of rogues or if he does he ends up like betraying the rogues is that he doesn't like to share batman Mm -hmm. um and even bane will play nicely with a rogue if they want the same thing which generally they don't because bane kind of just stays out of the way with uh the the thing i wanted to say about riddler before we move on to other stuff is um this isn't really true and it's kind of the point but i think it's funny how uh batman solves all of riddler's actual riddles like instantly (laughs) yeah yeah, they're just not good they're just not it's a pretty funny i think the first one's really the the like he lies still thing that's really more of a joke than a riddle but i yeah i I think it's it's just I think it's intentional and I think it's a funny like sort of subversion like in terms of doing something different with the Riddler to come right out the gate like first he does the riddle and and, he, and Batman solves it right away but then like over the course of the movie you start to realize that the riddles are like a front and he's like he, he's like playing 3D chess with the, <laughs> with the yeah, riddles. And I really like that because it's not as simple of a gimmick as okay solve these riddles three and the the treasure is yours um which again is a very goofy premise that works well for something like the animated series or say adam west batman but not for a movie of this tone and caliber um yeah so i it it had to become bigger and i think they made that very well with honestly a pretty comical rogue yeah, there's there's honestly there's kind of a cool progression where it's like the first couple of riddle, riddles are just solved right away, and then there's the the Rata Lata one where it's like maybe this is not what we thought it was at first, and then there's sort of like the the even no, bigger fellas. <laughs> and then there's like the even bigger thing that, that that comes together in the climax that's like sort of a riddle and sort of just like a red herring thing that he was trying to pull him away from. Again, I really like. I think that was. I think part of the reason why the No Hablo Espanol fellas part sticks really well in my head is not only because of the comedic timing of it, but because it's not Batman who solves the riddle, it's fucking Penguin. It's the Penguin? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the fucking Penguin of all people. For, penguin, like- to, for <laughs> penguin to intellectually one-up Batman and Gordon. <laughs> so funny, so because again, Penguin is a lackey and a crony and honestly like kind of a sleazeball and you think of him as not the smartest but penguin runs a whole operation he's not a dumb guy like it's a very it's it validates a lot of what i feel like a lot of superhero movies 
feel like they have to do this day and I'm thinking specifically of like scenes in that I saw in the trailer of no way of no way home of like MJ Ned and Peter laughing at uh I think it was Doc Doc um like I feel like there's the need to like mock or ridicule a villain just to make them seem less scary um but like or like I, I, I just very much like how they, like, it shifts your perspective on the character. You're just like, yeah, he's a funny guy. He's, like, kind of a weirdo. He's a mob boss. He's kind of not important and desperately wants to be more than he is. But then you see that and you're just like, you know what? This guy can do stuff. This guy runs an entire lounge and an entire, like, successful operation. And that yeah. shows how committed he is to, like, making his dream work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, the grind I, set. Think, I think about these very small moments in movies, and I'm just like, this important established something incredibly important here. Yeah. The the same month as all this other stuff, uh, October 2019. A lot, a lot happened in October 2019. Wow. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz was cast as Catwoman, yes. reprising her role from the Lego Batman movie. Yes. <laughs> she there's there's of course this story about how she auditioned for a part in The Dark Knight Rises and was told by a casting director that they didn't want to go urban with 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 the uh the role. What does that mean? I I know what it means. I know what it means. <laughs> I love Anne Hathaway. I did not like her as Catwoman. I liked her. <laughs> I, I, she she definitely she she, she was a different version of the role. She yeah she she was. I don't want to say she was bad. I I think she was fine ultimately. I just didn't think it was the strongest or it was not a version that I was really compelled by. Not like Michelle Pfeiffer or Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, she was uh, reluctant to do another superhero movie because she did X-Men First Class and had a negative experience on it. But she ended up in the audition process. She beat out a number of other actresses, including Ana de Armas, Ella Balinska, Aza Gonzalez, Zazie Beetz, and Alicia Vikander. I think that especially would have been all, pretty all strong choices. I'm really happy yeah. they went with Zoe Kravitz, though. Yeah. Again, I think she really brought the balls needed to the performance of just taking no shit from Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I could I don't think I could call her the standout performance of the movie just because there are so many great performances, but I do think like or rather I, I couldn't call her the greatest performance in the movie, but I think she might be the standout. Yeah, I she was very different tonally, I feel. She was a very like within the very stylistic world of it the very gothic the very like gritty she felt very modern and I think that's supposed to be what's jarring about her because Bruce is kind of living in his own like little world of Gotham and Batman and his Dracula castle um and she's supposed to be like the reminder of the world out there um yeah and you sort of you sort of get this idea that like you know everything about this world you can sort of see it as being from bruce's perspective and she is someone who sort of like breaks through that that like gothic idea of of life you know yeah it's very much he is the monk inside the walls yeah uh he is the one trying to like 
live up to this and she's just like this isn't how life works yeah she she's just um i don't know i i she's great <laughs> it's a really great again, again i think i'm fine with it not being like again i think all of them stand out in their own way and in their own individual moments. Like, again, I think the point where uh, Robert Pattinson really stood out was the scene where he's leading the people out of the water and also helping with the helicopter. I think standout scenes for Zoe Kravitz were um, uh, the scene on the rooftops, um, especially with Bruce. Um, Again, all of them really help each other stand out and it's not like a vying for attention thing from the camera or for the audience yeah i guess what's maybe unique about uh kravitz in this movie and the reason that i think she is like probably the most talked about performance and you know maybe the one that's going to stand out over time is that like her introduction the like is sort of a jaw-dropping moment even though she like doesn't talk in that scene she's just like so beautiful and so like at like out of the realm of everything we've seen so far like like it just really striking it's so abrupt and she's just looking at batman and he's and she's just like yeah bye i got shit to do um to do i got drinks to serve i'm i am i i am working a job right now i don't have time for this dealing drops i don't know if the drops thing is from something but i i I think it's a fun little uh bit just like there's the 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 drug that's like eye drops i just think that's a fun fun thing to use yeah also just the 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 way he tilts up her chin and it's just like okay yeah it's good yeah she says that her performance was particularly inspired by the year one comic Mm -hmm. and also by michelle pfeiffer (laughs) yeah absolutely I, yeah, I really want to watch um, Batman Returns with my friends if they haven't seen it, because I don't think all of them have, and I want to be like, okay, so you just saw a really good Batman film. Watch The Dark Knight. If you want to watch Batman Begins, I don't really care about Dark Knight Rises. Sorry. Um, If you want to see a good, good Batman film, which is a very different take of it, but also has the same erotic energy, if you want more of that, watch Batman Return. Absolutely. It was actually during post-production on War for the Planet of the Apes that Matt Reeves offered Andy Serkis the Alfred role. Interesting. Okay. That's very early. So, yeah, before anyone else. (laughs) But... uh... But Funny Circus... to see that that was his first actor that he picked, and yet I didn't really think it was a the strongest it could have been. Yeah, I think it was just like because because Circus says that he took it because he was really eager to work with Reeves again. I think it was just both ways where it was like they had such a good time doing these apes movies, and he was like, you know, I'm doing a Batman movie. You could maybe be Alfred, and he was like, yeah, and he hadn't even written it yet. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I kind of wish there was that he had taken more time to think about it because I, I think yes, Circus has the potential to be a great Alfred. I think it's very much a role that is not in his wheelhouse, or not that I would think would be in his wheelhouse. Um, but I think he could do a great thing with it. I wish they had taken more time with it, though. Yeah, they could have done uh, more, or like um... at least figured out an angle where. Again, those the, the 
the rest of the characters, they all have moments that their characters really click for me. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. I didn't feel that with Alfred. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he was officially cast in November of 2019 alongside Colin Farrell and uh, John Turturro as uh, Carmine. Uh, another really good performance <laughs> in this movie. Really good performance. Uh, that's all I got. I really got to say about Carmine in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought what he was such a great... Back? such a great addition to that cast and again i just i love the way that he interacts with bruce yeah and like it's it's weird because we keep on talking about the trans nature of this film i i i go back and forth in between is he like the only person who recognizes bruce as the person he wants him to as the person he wants or is he just diluted by the image of like thomas wayne there like yeah because when he he talks to Bruce there is such like a like a respect in his voice for him but also it feels like he's misgendering him yeah yeah that's the only way I can really describe it he's both talking to him with respect but he is also consistently misgendering him yeah it's like in that allegory to meeting people who knew you when you were a kid it's like meeting like a teacher you really liked from back then you know there's just like there's a connection there and there's a mutual respect there that like like, like there it, it's different from anyone else but there's still like you know he sees him as something other than what he is yeah and god i can't i i can't stop thinking about that like it really just felt like i he was talking and i was imagining myself in bruce's shoes i'm just like i feel like i'm being misgendered i feel like somebody yeah. is talking to me i'm being misgendered yeah just ah god and the the also the way he interacted with zoe kravitz's catwoman was fantastic mm-hmm. oh yeah very nuanced a... very... you heard the regret in his voice but also he was just like very much committed to killing her and i very ooh, very good performance yeah, Pe- Penguin was more of a like cartoony take on this kind of guy, and Totoro just uh, Carmine had so much like nuance and like he 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 was not an evil kind of guy really. He just like you know he he had his philosophy and he had his life and it yeah exactly shitty things, but it worked into the like larger nature of who he was. Um, yeah, and that's what I think played off of what Falcone and Penguin had really well is that Penguin wanted wants everything that Falcone has and by the end of the film you can kind of see him getting ready to become that to step into that role and that's how I really liked them feeding off of each other's performances. Colin Farrell based uh, his portrayal of the Penguin partially on Fredo from The Godfather and the uh take on Batman is kind of based on Michael so there's an interesting dynamic there mm-hmm. so the Joker in casting the Joker Reeves knew that his role in the movie might be completely cut so he was thinking about like I gotta you know cast someone who might be able to do this later on I gotta you know let them know that they might not actually be in the movie and uh, Barry Kilgan was like very much on board I think it was a very strong thing for him to not be in the film at all and to see him behind a door. 
yeah i i think it was well done and it was well edited in the thing is that there was a scene from earlier in the film that was inspired by like it was inspired by like manhunter and it was going to have batman interview the joker to try and get a profile on the riddler that scene was in like the in like the Uh, middle of the movie okay yeah i don't know if i would have hated that i don't know if i would have hated that i think i like it more that they didn't do that i think there's something interesting though that thing we were talking about earlier about the joker as a secondary character i feel like they do a good like build up for the Joker in this movie that like doesn't that like isn't overbearing but I feel like to completely drop that build up and just be like here is a scene of Batman talking to the Joker <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Would, be, I, would be kind of fun I think it would it would be however I think that's where <laughs> that's where you get into the problem because again when Batman doesn't really like relying on the rid- on Riddler sorry the Joker for information for a very obvious reason, he's very unreliable. A conversation right. with the Joker, a conversation with the Joker, you have to decompress out from. You have to immediately schedule like a actual sane therapy session afterwards because he's just gonna be saying shit to yank your chain. Um, but you don't know if he's if if what he's saying is actually true um, or not. Um, but half of the time, I, f- I really feel like Joker is just saying shit. I feel like he's just a guy who just says shit. Yeah, I feel like it would have abruptly just derailed it for me. It could have been, though, because that Manhunter thing of, like, seeing Joker as a character like Hannibal Lecter, who, you know... You know, that's a good point. Yeah, has that really, like, you know, there, there's obviously all, the, all those chaotic elements in, but he is sort of... He is smart and he is someone who can you can maybe get information from if you're willing to... If you're willing to pay the price, also, like, yes, Joker is smart, but, like, Joker is smart. He is a very smart person. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> However, I think Riddler and Crane are smarter. Or if they're not smarter, they're smarter in a way that I can connect more with more. Because mm-hmm. again, Joker's smart is crazy. Yeah. Joker's smart operates on his own logic. And that's why he doesn't come off as smart. When you see a well-done Riddler and a well-done scarecrow you're just like these men are obviously geniuses in their field when you see the joker you are just like this is an evil mastermind yeah i'm not sure uh, there's a couple things i'm not sure about and obviously this scene exists somewhere and we'll probably see it eventually but i want um, to see it i want to see it because then i think i will fully understand it to where i on where i stand on it it's interesting for me, first of all, to think about how the specifically the Pattinson version of Batman would like react even to like trying to talk to the Joker. I feel I feel like he's not the like most patient. It, yeah, no, I feel I feel like this Batman either Joker would like completely like try to steamroll him. And I think there would be a very good moment if they did this route where you could see a younger Batman first starting to interact with the Joker and fucking up really bad and letting Joker get inside his head. Um, yeah. Because, again, he throws you off your guard, and that's the that's the worst villain Batman's 
gonna face on his own movie um like you're not gonna deal with dark side you're not gonna deal with planet destroyers but you are going to deal with a fucking clown that's bent on like making you and everyone suffer yeah i think that that idea of joker like successfully getting in his head and him just like completely fucking up i think that really that's how i see it going just because again this version of batman barry kyogen being like a younger joker i just feel like that that's the way it would go (laughs) yeah and it's it's interesting because i don't joker is such a wild card that it, it it you're really not supposed to know like if he's young or old he's it's very much like batman in that sense you're not really supposed to get a good read on him you're just you're just kind of supposed to like be terrified of him um it's very interesting how similar how how this would go down again i would love to see that scene and if he got inside his head i would yeah. I would fucking eat that shit up. However, I think tonally for the movie, it's a good thing they didn't put it in. I feel like, again, it would have steamrolled it. Yeah, I do think, like, just thinking of the two actors and the tone of the movie, there could even be something of an erotic under... Like like a, like a an unsettling erotic underpinning to, like, to, to, oh, to their dynamic. I can see that for sure. Absolutely. And I think, especially with a younger joker that kind of makes me more uncomfortable especially thinking of how that bruce like that bruce is very young i don't think that bruce has had sex that is my personal opinion i don't think that's funny i listen with bruce wayne it's really with bruce wayne his parents die he is traumatized and he is young he then has to like cope through going to like a lot of therapy and like living with alfred he's not really getting a normal childhood because he's a fucking billionaire and like his parents are dead now yeah it fe- and, and i mean it feels like i i think there's an angle there where like it's not exactly the case but it does kind of feel like this this version of bruce is just like you know obviously yeah first of all famous orphaned boy and then like you sort of get the sense that like again again he hasn't discovered who Bruce Wayne is yet he's like it feels like as an adult at least he's pretty much only been Batman so <laughs> so like yeah. I, I could definitely see it going that way and even like talking about that Zoe Kravitz entrance again it does kind of feel like it's like the first time that he is seeing like a woman <laughs> yeah, first, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's very Christian but it feels very Christian mm-hmm. or at least very pious even feels, though I, if, I, I would not say that Batman is supposed to be pious or give off that feel. It's supposed to give off the feel of like, and it's not even supposed to give off the feeling of like childhood lovers or like people falling in love for the first time because immediately off the bat with them, it is very intensely sexual. Yeah. But, and it's, you know what? Yeah. It's chased in a way that I think might intentionally be mirroring the the first sight edward and bella scene from twilight interesting i would like to hear matt reeves take on that but i think that's a very interesting observation you just made there yeah i feel like an english teacher responding to a comment. <laughs> that's an interesting observation yeah i mean i just think what? of all the other 
all the Christian undertones of, of Twilight. And I feel like there's, it feels like there is pulling from that and in, in, in this idea of, of Batman. Yeah. But all, I, I, I like how objectively Batman is not something I get very tired of with, with Superman. Superman is especially all the Jesus allegories, especially Clark Kent is Jewish. Uh, but um, yeah, objectively, I don't think a superhero has to be based off of Jesus or like be an allegory for religion to be successful at being good or has to fit into the good Christian box to be a good person. Yeah. We'll, um, my only other notes are about like uh, things that have been said about the sequel, uh, but I want to. I'm just thinking about if there's anything else I would like to touch on. And the thing that I'm thinking of is like the very beginning of the movie, which is like, we, we get the title in this very uh, stark way that I think was great. But then the first two minutes are this voyeuristic view of like Riddler peeking in on the, on the mayor guy. It's a, it's a great opening, but something that's so great about it is at first you're like, are, is this Batman's point of is view? Is this Batman or the, or somebody else? And then you're like, wait like my first thought was because i saw a child i was just like art is this thomas wayne um and it's like i don't know some weird little thing that that's been contrived for the plot um is it like just a random family is it batman i it was very good and very confusing and it immediately set my expectations like back to zero i was just like oh, I don't know what I'm getting into. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. And I just think of all, all of Pattinson's interviews about how uh, about how Batman is like a, a weird, sad creep in this movie. And so just, just seeing that scene, I'm for a second like, are we watching Batman spy on people right now? And, and I believe it. Like, like, like throughout the rest of the movie, like if, if not for the way that scene ends, you, you, you could believe this Batman as someone who would do that. I mean... I think Batman does do that. I don't think just because it was somebody different that he does. Also, do he that. does do that to, to Selena later in the movie. He so. does. <laughs> He's literally looking through her eyes at one point. It's very voyeuristic that like yeah. the, 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 the scene where she's looking in the mirror, looking at herself, looking into her own eyes when there's a camera in there that somebody else can see her through. There are yeah. so many levels of like reflection in that scene that like, and if we're going back to the trans nature, it felt very much like two sides of the mirror. Yeah, the, the that that I think is such a great device. I love both of the the big scenes that use it. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of like the the night that he meets Salida and he like follows her home and watches her through the window yeah yeah it's it's so weird it's so weird and I like to say that this Bruce is like a good per- good person if a bit pathetic but it's not just pathetic mm-hmm. he's just a weirdo yes he's yeah pathetic, he but is. he's a weirdo and you can see how the effects of his upbringing have, have brought him to that point where like he doesn't know how to interact with people. He prefers to be isolated. He would rather uh, watch someone through a window than talk to them. He, you know, they, we, we get all that. Yeah. And like, it just, it just, you can hear Alfred loudly sighing in the background, just like, I tried so yeah. hard. There's, there's something about, um, I don't know. I feel like this, 
there's this great sequence near the beginning where it's just like you know these criminals in Gotham and the fact that when the when the sim- signals in the sky they're like like there's that fear that Batman's behind them even when even when he isn't. I feel like that's something that's part of the shadows. That's something that's been touched on before, but I feel like it's done so perfectly here. The idea that like he is he is the the, the, the darkness. Yeah, yeah he is he the, is shadow. the shadow. Like again, a lot of people like in the early days of Batman was just like can he become shadow itself like is that how he gets around so fast and they did that very well i think in the christopher nolan movies i think as much as i don't like it's not that i don't like the 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 batman that christian bell did i think i think he was just a lot stronger as the bruce wayne part and that's what compelled me more with uh ben affleck kind of the same problem um i i very much like i love to see bruce wayne in costume like a very again i think that's a very important important thing to establish how he acts in the costume what compels me more though is when you get to see bruce wayne because he's not supposed to be bruce wayne yeah i i think something something that you've kind of hit on here with what's different about pattinson's take is that um, Batman and Bruce Wayne are definitely distinct worlds, different, distinct like personas and, and, and ways of presenting oneself, but there is no split in like who the character is. Whether or not he's in the Batsuit, he is always the same character. He's always the same person. And honestly, that's why his secret, I think, holds up so much is because he doesn't try to lie. He yeah. doesn't try to lie no matter if he's Bruce like fundamentally underneath the like playboy persona that he puts on he's still the same person he's just being bizarrely like it's his honesty that really pushes it because when you think about it the riddler solved like the identity thing really quick which i really love and people are just like oh yeah superman's uh, secret identity is also super easy to figure out if you really think about it, Bruce has left a pretty big paper trail and like kind of easy ways to figure out who the Batman is. Yeah. I feel like I just feel like in the in the Nolan movies and a lot of previous interpretations, they've like played off of like how different Bruce Wayne and how Batman are. are. And this one is really like it, it's really aware of the fact that like they are the same person. That's just yeah. yeah. And objectively, that's what I think really was helped by the fact that this was year two Batman, like year two of being Batman, because you, when he's older, he's able to make it seem like they are different people more. He's gotten that good at acting. In the beginning, he has to be honest with himself because he doesn't know how else to be. He is still in a very damaged and traumatized mindset, and so he doesn't know how to pretend. Yeah, and I, I could see it going this way where like, Bruce Wayne like hasn't been seen in public for, for up to this point so like we we can see it coming this way where like yeah in future installments he um has to be Bruce Wayne more and then that sort of forces him to make that distinction more I want to see I think a really good establishing moment in like a previous film not maybe the first one but maybe the second or third where you see a moment where Bruce has to talk to like again an investor and like he cracks a joke for the first time in a while and like maybe this is okay I just had a really great moment where like 
I saw this scene in my head. Remember when we were talking about the Joker scene where he's like coming off of a meeting fresh with the Joker and then immediately after he has to like go to like a backers meeting and he like cracks a joke because he's so flustered from his like first encounter with the Joker that he's just like, did I say that? And then he sees how everybody else reacts in the room and he's just like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's what I think would be really strong. Yeah, just going back to my um, my Kendall Roy thing, I feel like d- just to see like a Batman movie where the bulk of it is just like him getting used to like going to meetings and doing business stuff. <laughs> honestly, honestly, again, I I love it when we get to see Batman. I love seeing Bruce Wayne. I love seeing Bruce Wayne interact with other ser- superheroes. Superheroes whether or not they know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, I love to see an unmasked Bruce Wayne have to be his billionaire self around Superman. I think it's very funny. I think the very, very the, one of the very best scenes in Batman versus Superman was when it was Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. I think they are very funny when they have to pretend to be other people. Yeah, that, that, that scene at the party where they're like, they like both know, but they... <laughs> I think the comedic potential of that is so good. It's like, it's kind of the opposite of secondhand embarrassment to me. It's like embarrassment euphoria (laughs) because they're both being so stupid usually. (laughs) It's like, they're, they're, they're both like putting on a show there and kind of having a dick measuring contest. Yeah. So overall thoughts on the film uh we talked about this i don't remember if it was if it was before we started or not i wouldn't say this is my favorite batman movie i think it is probably i don't know it's a very consummate like a like a very complete story exceptional cast uh very few things to complain about the cinematography is really good uh the score the script uh i mean this score from michael giacchino like 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 michael giacchino has a lot of really good scores but this is like on another level the the like this is really good the theme hits so strong like it's it's very like striking and unique i like the the nirvana needle drop that (laughs) that comes in a couple times batman's theme when he's walking towards people yeah just i mean this was in the trailer which i you know might have been more effective if it wasn't but just that shot of of like penguins cars flipped and we see mm-hmm. batman walking towards it like hey. so good <laughs> oh so good so good oh god yes yes very good film again i would not say it's my favorite batman film although i have proved in this entire podcast that i can i probably can't stop talking about this movie i think it's the best batman movie i've seen in the past like years of my life um like i think i place batman returns above this because of nostalgia purposes however i think i like this more than the dark knight (laughs) i love the dark knight yeah it's very different i think this satisfied such an itch i had in myself for a different bruce wayne that i think that it would this will be holding me out on that promise for a while yeah, I think there are things that the dark. I think the Dark Knight maybe has a better balance of the grim tone and the humor. Yeah, there, there are some things that it does better, but I do think that this is definitely like a more complete and like consummate movie than the Dark Knight. Yeah, and I think again, 
the the fact that the movie is a bit clunky feels right sometimes that things have to be a little broken for it to really shine yeah I I would say that like other than again other than maybe some of the anti-circus stuff I don't I don't think I, I think everything about this movie like really is really striking and like the more I think about it the more I have to talk about it I wonder how if I see it again tomorrow night it like like how much more I'll have to say about it definitely tell me your thoughts I will I will thank you so much for joining me (laughs) on on this thank you for having me thank you for waiting uh yeah I had to wait quite a while to see this film all good it's all good we had an excellent conversation thank you to the people at home for listening uh if you like the show you can support it by subscribing to my Substack or just sharing it with your friends share it on social media let people know you like it it's one of the best things you can do and i will see y'all next week bye I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.